Well, it's great to hear the buzz in the room. Do continue those conversations uh, over an ice cream uh, after the service. Uh, heard a conversation about Crystal Palace winning yesterday. I think it was 1-0. Knew that would go down well to start. Um, so today is Vision Sunday. And um, as I was reflecting a little bit on, um, you know, what is a Vision Sunday all about? Um, and I guess to take vision at its simplest uh, terms, vision is about what we can see. Uh, on Friday, uh, I had the privilege of having a day off, and it was a beautiful sunny day like this morning. And uh, my family and I went up to Blythe Hill Park, one of the parks that we've enjoyed getting to know uh, over the last few months. And um, the, look, there was a little Italian coffee van that was there. And I was thinking, this is just perfect. This is lovely. So we grabbed a coffee. Uh, and then we went to find a bench. And we sat on the bench and looked out at the skyscrapers that you can see. If you've ever been to Blythe Hill Park, you'll know what I mean. And you can see the city of the London on the, on the left. And you can see Canary Wharf on your right. It sounds idyllic. We did have toddlers there. So there was some like chaos going on around at the time as well. But we could see the city. And then you look back. Uh, behind you, and you can see South London, you can see towards Croydon. And I guess a Vision Sunday, in a way, is a little bit like that. When we get up high, and we look behind us, and we see all that God has done over the last year, and we give thanks to him for that. And then we turn the other way, and we look ahead to where we feel God is leading us. What is he saying to us for the next 12 months? And so as we just take a moment to pause and to look behind at the year that's gone, I know that I wasn't with you, but as I've heard the story of Holy Trinity this last year, there's three things that I think we can pause today and give thanks to God for. Uh, the first is God's faithfulness this last year. God has been faithful. A number of different storms have been weathered. Uh, we've had the storm of COVID, and ministry has continued throughout that as uh, youth groups have gone on online through Zoom, as we've had outdoor services, all sorts of ways that church has happened, and the storm of COVID has been weathered. God has been faithful. There's been the storm of an interregnum being in between leaders, and God has provided an amazing PCC and church wardens here to help weather the storm. So we can give thanks to God that he is reliable, that he is faithful. That's been seen this last year. And then also, I think we can give thanks for God's goodness and his kindness to us, that through the last year, uh, an exciting new relationship has been built with St. Peter's Broccoli. Uh, uh, as uh, Ben Jones and Chris Gall and uh, Hanel and some of the team have uh, given freely to this church and We've got the opportunity now to partner with kingdom-minded people. It's so exciting that that relationship has been formed this year. And we can give thanks to God for his goodness in that. And then also God's love. God's love has been seen this last year through Holy Trinity. The pandemic brought about some obvious practical needs in our community. And the church was able to roll up its sleeves and play its part, supporting food banks lunch schemes for school children who may otherwise have gone hungry, and working with Lewisham citizens. And so it's just important to be able to pause, to look behind, and to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you. You are an amazing God. You are faithful. 
you are good and you are full of love. So that's part of what a Vision Sunday is all about. But it's also about looking ahead. And as I was reflecting or trying to listen to the Lord for where we should ground ourselves uh, for this talk and uh, for the vision for the church, I found myself in Matthew chapter 6, and it's one of my favorite passages. And if you've got a Bible or a phone, you might want to just get that open. Uh, And I'm going to read from Matthew 6, verses 25 through to 33. And it's the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, He's got his disciples around him. More than that, he's got crowds around him. And it's as if Jesus is giving his vision talk. What he wants to see from his followers. What it means to be a follower of Jesus. And he's talking in this context, this little bit about worry. And this is what he says from verse 25 of chapter 6. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And this is going to be our verse for this year. Matthew 6, 33. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. Or seek first the kingdom and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. And um, as I was reflecting on this passage, I think there's this wonderful invitation that Jesus is wanting to uh, extend to us this morning. And it's this, that we can give him the load of our worry and anxiety and our questions about the future, of which there are many at the moment, aren't there? We can give all that to him. He is a good father, wants to take that. And in exchange, he says, you are now free to go on an adventure and pursue the things of the kingdom. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, Just to give a a little analogy, I guess it's a little bit like um, when we, as a family, we go to the beach down in Paul. My parents live in Paul and um, uh, you you park up on on the kind of uh, coastside and there's a, a car park there and then there's a road that goes down right to the beach and as we walk down the road my little um, daughter Tilly she wants to try and help carry things and she, she's trying to carry a bucket and spade and she might be trying to carry a towel and maybe some lunch that we've got and obviously what happens is that you just see these items are left behind on the road and you're having to pick it up and actually you know what I do normally is just say look why don't you let daddy take that and then you can be free to go and play, go and play on the beach. And there's a sense in which God is saying that to us. Actually, I want to take 
those things that feel heavy for you. I want to take that load so that you can be free to go and do the fun stuff, the stuff of the kingdom of God. Because we live in a time at the moment when it's very easy to feel like there's an awful lot going on. There's a lot to occupy our minds. Uh, If we think globally, we're coming out of the end of a a global pandemic with COVID, and it seems to be a marathon where the finish line just gets that little bit further away. As you think you're through, and then someone in your team suddenly got COVID, and you can't do what you wanted to do. And then we're aware, aren't we, of uh, a war in Europe, and the reality of seeing that suffering on our news screens, and the impact on supply change. And then we've got the reality of climate change and many other global issues that might well be in our hearts and minds. And then, of course, we've got all that's going on in our lives personally, the good, the bad, and the ugly with that, promotions at work, challenges uh, at work, family issues, ill health, health. There's a lot that can occupy our minds and, in a sense, be like those things that we try and carry on our own. And in this passage, Jesus says, look to God. He is the creator. Go and look at the the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. He is the one that created this abundance, and he is good, and you can trust him. You can trust him with your futures. You can trust him with your questions. So give that load over to me, and there's only one thing you need to worry about, and it's seeking first the kingdom of God. And we want to be a people that do that. In every sphere of our lives, in our family life, in our work life, Uh, and here at Holy Trinity. But what does that actually mean? What does it mean to seek the kingdom? It it can feel a little bit like Christian jargon, can't it? Just a word that we say um, many times, but what does it actually look like to seek the kingdom of God? And there's so much that could be said on the kingdom. We could do a whole 10-week series on the kingdom of God, but there's just three little things that I want to offer us this morning from that. The first is this, the kingdom of God is about transformation. It's about transformation. The kingdom of God is all about the rule and the reign of Jesus. It's all about the king, Jesus as king. Being king over a situation, being king over a community, being king over a person and allowing his love to come to bear upon that person. When Jesus started his ministry, he said this in uh, Mark 1.14, the time has come. There's a momentous time that has arrived. The kingdom of God is here, so repent and believe the good news. And very quickly, once he had announced that his ministry had started, what we see is that people's lives began to be transformed in different ways. People were healed. A a paralyzed man, someone who'd been paralyzed their whole life, was now healed and dancing in the street. The whole community saw that. We have people experiencing inner healing as people are included and welcomed in. Jesus was radical in the way that he included everybody into being part of God's people, people that had previously been excluded. We think of people like Zacchaeus, for example. People are set free from spiritual oppression that had held them back. We see Jesus bringing a radical new teaching that obviously caused such a stir in the the temples and the religious establishment of the day. They were saying, no one's heard teaching like this before. 
So wherever Jesus came, he brought transformation and transformation that was good. It's the good news of the kingdom. And today, it's the same. When the kingdom of God comes to bear, he brings transformation into people's lives. Some of that is sudden, some of that takes time, but there is a clear change that takes place. I think of one uh, young adult that um, I had the privilege of being in an alpha group with uh, just this last year. Uh, I'll change her name to um, Katie just for confidentiality, but she came from a background where she was in a cult before. She'd been a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, understandably, she, she got out of that. She didn't want anything to do with religion. And a, a friend at her school, she was a teacher, invited her along to Alpha. And I remember those early conversations over dinner with her. And she was very closed. She was very skeptical. She didn't want to share too much. And then the weeks came by, and she gradually opened up uh, as Alpha went on. And we had a Holy Spirit day. And we prayed for her. We prayed that the Holy Spirit would fill her, that she would know the love of God afresh, and she'd be set free from anything that would hold her back. And as Katie experienced the Holy Spirit, you could see tears come down her cheeks, and she was free. And from that moment on, she's now joined a local church. Her life is moving in a completely different direction. She talks about the peace and the healing that she's now received. You know, that's what it looks like when the kingdom of God comes to bear. Or I think of a, a young man in his 30s called Felix who uh, came along to Alpha because he was looking for hope in life. That's what he said. Uh, on the face of it, he had life going pretty well. He had a very good job in the city. He had done lots of traveling in his 20s. He had a girlfriend. And yet he said he wanted to know if there was something more. And at university, he remembered there was a friend that had invited him along to church and to Alpha, and he said, no, nah, I don't want much to do with that. And then in his 30s, he came back, and he came on Alpha, and he encountered Jesus. He encountered the love of Jesus. And I remember his baptism service, and uh, it's always such an amazing celebration. He shared his testimony. He said, I found hope. I found the thing that I'm looking for. I found hope in Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like when the kingdom of God comes. I wonder if someone asked that question, what you might say. I kind of just jotted down a few things that came to mind as I was reflecting this week. What does it look like? The kingdom of God looks like the reality of heaven invading earth, a place that's filled with the presence of God, where there's healing and wholeness and justice and peace. When the kingdom comes, it looks like broken bodies being healed. It looks like broken hearts being made whole. It looks like new people finding faith and hope and purpose in Jesus. It looks like the lonely and beaten up in life, finding a family and a place of belonging, and in that place, healing. It looks like the marginalized and, and oppressed in our society finding dignity and belonging. It looks like people being equipped emotionally and spiritually to live in freedom and in fullness. The sort of people that God had created them to be. And it looks like hearts and lives full of thankfulness and joy in God. As Paul writes in Romans 14, the kingdom of God 
is not a matter of eating and drinking. He's talking about religious laws there, but of living a life of goodness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're pursuing at Holy Trinity, the rule and the reign of Jesus and the transformation that comes when his kingdom comes. So that's the first thing. It's about transformation. And then secondly, the kingdom of God is about everyone. The kingdom of God is about everyone. Whoever we are, we are invited to this adventure together. Whether we're a teacher, a stay-at-home mother, a student at uni, whether we're doing our GCSEs, whether we're a worker in the city, whether we're young, old, rich or poor, whoever we are, whatever we do, we, do, we are invited to this adventure of pursuing the kingdom of God. Remember the original audience for this teaching. It was the crowds. It wasn't some elect few. And even Jesus' disciples were the people that none of the other rabbis wanted to choose. He went for the people who had a heart to follow him. That's the only qualification. And you know, today in his grace, the way that Jesus has decided to bring about his kingdom, the responsibility that he's given that to is through his local church. That's you and me here at Holy Trinity with all our gifts and passions, with all our vulnerabilities and weaknesses. God wants to pour out his spirit on us that we might be bringers of hope and agents of change in southeast London, that we might partner with other churches to see his kingdom come. But the point is this, he invites us to do it together. He calls us as a community. Yes, there's an individual response that's needed from each one of us, but he calls us together. If you imagine a football team, you have 11 different people with different skills and gifts working together. You might have the big striker up front. You might have the nimble playmaker in central midfield. You might have a bit of pace on the wings. And everyone needs everyone else to achieve that goal. You might have the best player in the world. You might have Cristiano Ronaldo, but him on his own, it's not going to be any good. You need to go as a team. And the same is true in church. We need everybody to bring their gifts and passions, what's on their heart, to bear to see God's kingdom come here in southeast London. There's people who have gifts for cooking and hospitality and welcome, or people who have a passion for children and gifts for working with children, or for worship, or for social action ministry, or whatever else it might be. We need to, get, to go together. And it's striking that when Jesus ascended and went into heaven, what did he leave behind most significantly? Actually, he didn't leave a book. You know, the New Testament was written after, and he certainly didn't leave a religion or an institution. These things were kind of formed after. What he left in that place and time was a community that had experienced God's love and then was filled with the Holy Spirit to carry on the vision that he had, what he had started in bringing the kingdom, they were to carry on. He didn't pass the baton on to one other person, like a CEO passing on their role, but he passed the baton on to a community. And so we go together. As the old African proverb says, if you want to go fast, 
go alone. But if you want to go far, then go together. So the kingdom of God is about transformation. The kingdom of God is about all of us. Everybody gets to play. And then thirdly, the kingdom of God is about being intentional. Because what I find is that it's easy for Jesus and the kingdom to actually slip into second place or to third place or to fourth place in my life. I think that's true for all of us. We, we don't mean to, but life just kind of takes over. Busyness takes over and, and other things get in the way. Distractions get in the way. There's other things that we put our energies to. There's other things that occupy our hearts and our minds. And Jesus and his original vision can fade into the background. Jesus says in verse 31, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. It's very easy to just get preoccupied with those everyday things. But he says, you have a heavenly father who already knows all your needs. So give those things over to him. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. And all these things will be taken care of. All these things will be given to you as well. And Jesus says something similar in the parable of the sower. If you're familiar with that story, there's four places where the seed of the message of the kingdom is sown and they represent different heart postures that we might have and he tells the story of the seed that lands on the weeds and as the the seed grows the weeds choke it and so it can bear no fruit and this is what Jesus says by the message uh, by the weeds he says this the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. And so no fruit is produced. Worries of this life just distract us. They just take time and energy away. The lure of wealth. Other things attract our hearts and minds and energy. The desire for other things. We just don't feel like it. And so no fruit is produced. So that can be true in our, our own lives. That the agenda of the kingdom can slip away. And I think it's true for the church as well. You know, what is the priority to which everything else is going to bend. It's easy in the church to get preoccupied with the church calendar, uh, seeing the church as some sort of social group with meetings and traditions and the politics of people. And as these things happen, it's easy to take our eyes off of Jesus and pursuing his presence, his agenda, his strength and his voice over us. So let's be intentional this year about encouraging each other to look to Jesus, to pursue his presence. And part of that is about placing prayer at the centre of all we do. Prayer has to be the engine room for this church because prayer says, I can't do it, but you can. And that's a really healthy place to be. So as I uh, move on, I want to now talk about some specific things that we want to do this year and I'm just going to come on the slide for us to to follow as we seek first the kingdom together this year to bring transformation with uh, other working with other churches in southeast London to bring transformation to invite everybody to be part of this and to do it intentionally 
what specific things do we want to do this year towards that end? We want to uh, develop our staff team so that we have greater capacity for ministry. And that's why uh, at the moment we're recruiting for an operations manager. So do get the word out if you're interested or uh, you know someone who might be interested. Do encourage them to explore further. Uh, And part of the reason why we're doing that is we want to be able to free up myself and Despina and Gabby and other leaders in the church to be able to work towards ministry. Uh, And so we have someone who is skilled and able to carry the operational side of things. Uh, Over the summer, we want to uh, appoint a children's and families pastor, uh, now that Marie has uh, stepped down, so that we can then release capacity to invest in our children's work and youth work uh, and reach the local community. And so that feeds into that second point there. We want to develop our children's and youth work to enable more people to meet Jesus. Uh, At the moment, we only have one children's group going on at church, and that's something we're doing uh, as part of necessity. It's not where we want to be. Very quickly, we want to have multiple groups. We want to be able to have midweek groups that help to engage with the local community and help with the discipleship of our young people. Uh, We want to be able to start a youth group, perhaps a, a children's small group to help with their discipleship. So this year, children's and youth work and developing that is going to be a key priority. We want to put our foot on the gas and make that uh, happen. And then we also want to develop our communications so we're more visible and accessible, both uh, online and in our physical community. And so that means we're going to be seeking to develop our website Uh, We're going to be doing a bit of work around our branding, put up some more signage uh, locally, uh, because we want to be able to invite people in and for them to hear the good news and hope of Jesus. So we're going to be developing our communications. In uh, early 2023, we're hoping to receive a graph from St. Peter's Broccoli, and um, I'm working with Ben and Hanel and the team there, uh, developing brilliant relationship with them. And uh, over the next year, I'll be heading up to St. Peter's to lead and to speak a little bit there, to build relationship, and then so that we can warmly invite and welcome uh, a team from St. Peter's to come and join us here. And why are we doing that? We're doing that to kickstart momentum so that we can go further in bringing the kingdom. It all comes back to that vision of seeing the kingdom come in Sydenham and Forest Hill in southeast London. We're planning the start of lots of new ministries from, um, as examples from a pamper session for single parents in our local area to a, a senior social group, which has already started, uh, to Alpha. We want to run, run um, uh, invitational courses to faith. Uh, and many of these ministries I don't even know because they rest in your hearts there, what your passions are. And so if you have a passion for something, as long as it aligns with that vision of the kingdom, then go for it. We release you to to go for it. And then finally, we want to be intentional about having more prayer gatherings and workshops uh, this year so we can practice how to listen to God and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can practice prophetic prayer together Uh, practice uh, spiritual gifts and uh, praying for healing because we want to see God's kingdom come. 
And so how can you get involved? There's a final slide there. How can I get involved? I'm just going to find my, uh, my notes. There we go. Um, so there are four ways that I'm asking everyone to get involved uh, this year, to get on board with the vision, to sow into the vision. And the first thing, unsurprisingly, is to pray. Uh, prayer has got to be the centre of all that we do as we make space for God's Spirit to move. And so can I ask you to pray? Pray for our local community. Pray for this church. Pray and sow into what God has put on your heart for the kingdom here. And then join a team. Uh, I'd like to ask everybody to be part of at least one team here at Holy Trinity, whether that's a children's team or production team or hospitality, uh, welcome team. Uh, there are many different options, many different ways that you could bring uh, your gifts and talents to bear. And if you're not quite sure, please come and have a conversation with me. And I'd love to uh, explore with you where you might most enjoy serving here at Holy Trinity. So join a team. And then thirdly, give financially. Uh, the next two Sundays, the 15th and the 22nd of May, uh, we're going to have gift days, giving Sundays, uh, and there'll be an opportunity to give both a, a one-off gift to the church and then to pledge uh, a monthly donation or to increase uh, planned giving. Because churches need resources, churches need money in order to grow, and the way that we receive money is through the generosity of the church community. So I'm asking you to back the vision in that way this year. And then finally, invite. I wonder how you ended up coming along to HT. Um, but one way or another, it's because someone invited you. And we want to invite everybody to come. We want to have doors, as it were, that are wide open and transparent, that everybody might come and experience that love of Jesus and that transformation for themselves. So who could we invite? Is there a neighbor, a friend, a family member, a colleague that might be interested in coming and being part of us and learning more. And we want to have that um, culture that we can belong before we believe, that we're a place where people can easily find faith. So as I come in to land, let me just finish with a final thought, and then we're going to have a chance to worship together, to give thanks and to praise God for all that he's done in the past and where he's leading us to. Give thanks in advance for the future. But I want to I end just with this. I, I recently heard a, an old motto for the, the church. And um, I was actually sat in the little meeting room as you come in on the side with um, Steve Jordan, our, our church warden. And he was telling me a little bit about the history of the church. And he said that one of the mottos was this, bold for God. Bold for God. And with that motto and with that heart attitude, the church was able to do amazing things for the kingdom. Actually, with that attitude, the church built a primary school uh, up on the main road there. Uh, with that attitude, the church was able to release people overseas on mission. Uh, with that attitude, the church released new leaders. And um, with that attitude, the church released church plants as well across uh, the local area. And I sense that God is asking us to be bold again. To seek first the kingdom is about taking risks, about putting ourselves in a position where we can't go in our own strength and we have to rely on his Holy Spirit and his backing.
And so God is inviting all of us to go on this adventure, to be bold and to seek the kingdom of God wherever we are, in our families, in our work lives, in our local community, and here through Holy Trinity. The vision of this church is to become a fiery hub of the kingdom of God in southeast London and to see lives changed through the love of Jesus. And that's a, that's a vision that excites me. That's a vision that gets me up in the morning. That's a, a vision that motivates me to put everything and give my all to the kingdom through the local church. And I hope it's a vision that excites you because you know what, it's, it's not the church of God that has a mission, but it's the mission of God that has a church. And Jesus is inviting all of us to be part of that this year. So why don't we stand together and we're going to pray and then we're going to worship. Jesus says, seek seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as well. You can trust in your heavenly Father. And in this moment, I invite you in your eyes, mind, to just give to the Lord those things that feel heavy on your heart or mind at the moment. You can picture in your mind literally handing them over to him. Those anxieties that weigh us down. Maybe it's something that's going on in our world. Maybe it's something that's happening for a loved one. Maybe it's an issue of provision. Just hand that over to the Lord. And receive his peace. Just minister peace in this place this morning. Over every heart and mind. Receive his freedom. And then I invite you to say yes to Jesus. to be a people that has this priority, this burning passion in our hearts. To see Jesus as King and to see his rule and reign come. To see his love come to bear. There might even be a specific thing that the Spirit is just prompting in you now as a way to respond.
for you personally to sow into that vision.